And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, uh uh-oh, Christian Chaos Part 4. Da-da-da. A tale of two cities, a tale of three kings, and a tale of four Jews. That's the ticker, and here we go. Four Jewish Christians, all from the same city in Detroit, Michigan, all living in the same neighborhood, two of which were and still are best friends, all saying yes to Jesus within 30 days of each other, all on fire for Jesus Christ. After that, they were known as the Four Musketeers. Next, a new dynamic emerges. You guys remember the last time I talked about it, it was kind of a downer. You're going to see something else come up today. Ken told us that if we needed that we needed to get counseling, if we needed that, he was available. Anything large or small. No cost, no worries about privacy. He told us it was sacred as sharing with an attorney, like counseling with a pastor. It's just a sacred bond. And he promised that nobody would ever hear about it. And he'd never judge any of us, no matter what he heard. We didn't know any better. And the man of God would never lie. Ken lied. And it was brutal. But finally, as God beat the Saul out of David before he became king, God was beating the Ken out of me before I would have a chance to reach more people. So I made a gigantic attempt to depart, but my initial efforts were thwarted. I was not as wise as Jacob when he took off from Laban. But I had learned manipulation from three masters— my grandmother, my mother, and Ken. And it was time to put the Jewish mindset to work. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations, my life's insanities and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us during the show, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call that number, you will end up talking to Amazing Jen. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like feeling the warmth of the sun. And then you will feel... Amazing! The warmth of the sun, that's pretty good. (laughs) 
That's right up there with celestial bodies and stuff like that. That's pretty good. Uh, bottom line, maybe you've got a prayer request or a praise report. I don't know. Maybe you got something you want to share. The Lord's put it on your heart. I don't know. Maybe you just need encouragement or you just want to tell somebody, hey, the Lord is going to get us through all of this stuff that's going around us. I don't know. Any of that's good. You can reach out to us in any of those ways. You can also respond by answering, answering trivia We'll keep this one a little easier. What was the name of the physician in the Bible who was also an author? What is the name of the physician in the Bible who was also an author? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. We will give... Al, the pow-pow, he was first, and he always gets, you get the pow-pow when you get the pow-pow. People are like, what's the pow-pow? That's when you answer first on the trivia. So for those that are not following the show, follow the bouncing ball. Okay, now, last time I shared this story, it was a little bit of a downer. Most people know that. If you remember, I was talking about the different things that we had shared with Ken in confidential and confidentiality. And so today we're going to talk about kind of what we would call the okay, that's enough attitude. <laughs> so you'll see what goes on and what went on with my life. There's a couple things I want to say before we get into this process. The first thing is this is in no way a condemnation on the church that God has established through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ the redemption of Jesus Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is a condemnation on my own stupidity and other people who are more manipulative than they need to be, even holding a pastor's title. That's number one. Number two, if you've been hurt in a church, hey, you're just like me. I've been hurt in a church, and I have spent the rest of this time coming back out of that process encouraging people to get back in church because the church can only be as bad as my experience was if people don't know and we let that happen. Instead, let's get together as brothers and sisters and strengthen one another, bless one another, encourage one another, and make sure that we stand by one another. Everything that we do in our faith is about Jesus Christ. It's not about us, okay? There's no—nobody's getting up to heaven and drumroll, please, and somebody else is coming out on the stage. That ain't happening, okay? There is one that is going to get the applause, and it ain't you and me, okay? So let's just settle that make that real simple. So I want to make sure you understand what we talked about. So I kind of got to do a fast, fast, fast regroup and then tell you what happened. And some of this stuff is going to absolutely, you're going to just go, you're just going to shake your head and go, what? But as you know, we have four Jewish boys all became Christians within 30 days of each other, all originally from Detroit, Michigan. So, if you, you know, there's a classic saying, if you can get out of Detroit, you can get out of anywhere. Bottom line is we all became Christians, born Jewish. So we became known as the Four Musketeers. We would go to churches, every kind of church, any kind of church, every denomination. Didn't matter because we didn't care because we were just like, church, yeah, praise the Lord. You know, we just want to exalt Jesus. And we were pretty radical in our faith. Nobody had told us not to be. 
So we were all excited about the Lord. So we would tell people and so on and so forth. So as many of you know this story, we had a bad church uh, experience. That, that What happened initially, we were in a fellowship with a, a nice Jewish rabbi guy. This pastor who uh, really wanted to take over and groom us had us attack him verbally and otherwise. And then we became the pastor's uh, posse, might be a way to think of it. And so he began to train and to disciple us. And so the church at this point probably has, I don't know, 25 people, 30 people. All these people were staying at the church because they were our friends, not because of the pastor. And uh, and the pastor was very involved in everybody's life, telling people what jobs they can take, what uh, people, who, who they could date, how much we should give. So most of you understand that giving 10%, wow, that's a lot. We used to have to give uh, double tithes and an offering, which actually came out to about 25%, and uh, didn't find out till later that he was doing that because we were loaded, because <laughs> our families were loaded. That's part of learning the process. And so we were just standing by and, and, and trying to move forward in the Lord. But then something happened after we put together a church when he went out of town for about two or three months, and the church grew to like 70 people. Then he came back and it shot all the way back down, and then he blamed us and told us it was our fault. And we were just, like I said, too young, too, too uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Too innocent to really understand anything. But then something happened that changed everything. When we started telling Ken our confidential material, we would bring that back to Ken and say... You know, this is confidential material, you know, we're going to share with you and don't share with anybody. And he would share that material with other people who we knew or other people in the room. Well, it turned out that Ken started to date this woman and he thought we were all in a pretty good place. And she started to share with me some of her confidential material. Now, as as it was, I was very, very diligent not to share any of that material with anybody. But all of a sudden, this new picture emerged that Ken was not quite the man of God that we had built up in our eyes. Not only had he humiliated us in front of one another, which we thought was part of the process, by the way. But now I was finding out details in counseling that were very pertinent to to a person's character. So now I'm at a crossroads. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you're thinking, I know that God has allowed me to go through this, and now I've got information that could really change this? Wow, what should I do? And I want to tell you exactly what I did. Have you ever read the book of Jonah? God called Jonah to do something, and what did he do? He ran, (laughs) right? Uh, Just be quiet and bear with me in this one. He ran. Instead of handling it or being responsible, sometimes duck, run, and cover was... (laughs) the proper strategic approach. And unfortunately, uh, because I was in really good shape, I was a great runner. And uh, the problem with that is I wanted to escape. I didn't want to do anything to the church. I didn't want to become a problem to the church. I didn't. Want, but I just wanted to disappear. And King David writes, Oh, that I had wings like a dove that would fly away and be at peace. 
that's what I wanted. That's what I was going to do. Oh, I was so close. When we come back, I will tell you how the Lord told me time to go, and I did not obey the Lord because I was concerned about men and how they feel. Isn't that horrible? By the way, back to the trivia question. Uh, what was the name of the physician in the Bible who uh, was also a author? And that would be Dr. Luke. Luke, I am your doctor. Okay, that, uh, that was Dr. Luke. I right, will take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here at KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. And what the whole teaching has to do with is the dissatisfaction that people have who are worldly when the divine is involved. I want you to hear that line. That's the big line. That's the big connector between all of this. The worldly are never satisfied if divinity is involved. So... The example Jesus says is, you know, we played the flute for you, right? And the the flute, you know, woo, the flute, yay, happy sounds, right? And the people are like, no. And it's like, okay, well, we sang a dirge for you, right? What you sing at a funeral, right? And the people are like, no. And then John the Baptist, he says, comes, and John the Baptist is as straight as you can get. We we would call him, you know, know, a a, a massive teetotaler might be fair enough to say. And he says, he's not eating bread, he's not drinking any wine, and you people, the way you respond, you go, hey, he's got a demon. (laughs) And then Jesus, he says, I come, son of man comes, I'm eating and drinking, and then what do the people do? They extreme it out, and they say, he's a glutton, because he's eating, not eating more than he should, he's just eating, and he's a drunkard, because he had wine. You see, this is the thing. The thing is that the world and the worldly are never satisfied. That's why I said that connection to the song, and don't get mad at me that I used a Rolling Stone song. It's not my fault. They wrote a song called I Can't Get No Satisfaction. This is the Lord trying to reach people at different levels, and people keep going, no, 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 and it's nonstop, and there's just no satisfying them. And even I, 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 the one thing that I would say, and I've said this before in the beginning of this uh, of this broadcast, and I don't really care about your political affiliations, but when 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 people get going in a certain direction, you can't move them one way or another. And when the media was all over Donald Trump, it's fair to say that had he helped cure cancer with research, they would have accused Donald Trump of putting people out of business who were in the cancer business. It's just like that's exactly what they would have done. Everybody knows that. And it's because that's how the mentality is. If if somebody comes along and does something that's good and it's not appreciative uh, to the world or they don't like it, they will rip it to shreds. You can't play the flute. You can't sing a dirge. You can't be Johnny the Baptist, and you can't be Jesus Christ because none of those things satisfy. We want exactly what we want, which, by the way, they don't even know what they want. That's the irony. 
It's God that's giving the the opportunity for people to get the answers, and people are so inwardly confused because of Satan, they wouldn't know a good thing if it split them in the eyeballs. That's the problem. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. For your trivia question, I'm actually going to have Jennifer play the horn. Dynamic D will learn what the horn is here. Uh, This is a horn that warns everybody. You better be aware that this question has some thought or sneakiness in it. Uh, Let's play the horn. You have been warned. How many years did Jacob work for his uncle Laban as payment for his daughters? Genesis 29, if you're looking for a referral point, how many years did Jacob work for his uncle Laban as payment for his daughters? If you think you know the answer, you can. Let me see. Let me find our phone number. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at he must increase. Dot org. So we're giving people a chance to answer how long, how long, how long, how long did Jacob work for Laby Laby uh, for the daughters? That is the question. In the meantime, I still have a couple of cute little one-liners. You know, I came across this book. It's got all these cute, like, spiritual, proverbial one-liners, and I like them. So I'm sharing them with you. Uh, you don't have to like them, uh, but I have to share them because it makes me feel better, and that makes the show go better. Uh, but Jennifer right now, Amazing Jen, has the ultimate authority as to whether they're any good or not, so we'll let you know right here. Ready? All right, here we go. A ferocious lion killed and ate a bull. Afterward, he felt so proud, he just roared and roared. Rawr! A hunter heard him roar and came and shot him. The moral of the story, when you're full of bull, you better just keep your mouth shut. Oh, no, you did. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Okay, all right. All right. Now, these are a little cuter, a little funnier. Did you hear about the French horn player whose toupee fell into the bell of his horn? He spent the rest of the night blowing his top. Ah, waka, waka. <laughs> Here's a truth statement. This is neither comedic nor anything else but sad. Most of us would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. Hmm, that's a deep thought right there. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to respond to that. You don't have to do the other one. A college student wrote to his father, Dear father, I am broke and have no friends. What shall I do? His father answered, Make friends at once. Say what? That's good. And here's the last one. (laughs) I'm going to get buzzed, but it's okay. Uh, The wife. Scientists claim that the average person speaks 10,000 words a day. Husband. Yes, dear, but remember, you're far above average. (laughs) Uh, That's a four by five. 
high buzzer. Wow. Okay. Those are funny. All right. All right. Uh, trivia question then back to <laughs> That's just classic. Uh, trivia question back to it. What's the trivia question again? Oh, yeah. Uh, how many years did Jacob work for his uncle Laban? Uh, pay as payment for his daughters. If you think you know, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three or send an email David at he must increase dot org. I have no idea how this portion is going to go, nor do I ever really know how the show is going to go when I'm doing this Christian chaos. But I, there's a couple things I want to share with you, and I want to make sure you understand the importance of them. So we, as people, understand it is better to obey God than men. There's most people, I mean, is anybody going to disagree with that? No. We know that's true, right? That's in the scripture, right? So if the government told you to kill people, uh, you know, you don't just do it because, you know, that's a, that's a breach of the law of God. So, I mean, there's this, you know, there's this argument back and forth when the government tells you to do it, da 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 This is why Romans 13 is all about the consciousness of man between man and God, that a man has to or a woman has to respond before God first before they can do anything else. Okay, got that? All right, just make sure you understand that. But there is a people pressure or a person pressure that takes place in our lives and typical of that, uh, not just Christians per se, but people of faith will cave because they don't want to be at odds with the plurality. So as you look at the Gospel of John, you find out that many leaders didn't yield to Jesus because they didn't want to be thought of poorly by the rabbis, the men of God. That's the principle that I'm bringing up right now. So what I had decided to do after getting information about Ken and getting information about his personal life, and instead of sharing that with anybody, was leave. Because I thought the best answer I can come up with is to just hit the road. But, you know, you can't just hit the road and do things on your own. you got to have the Lord back you in it. All right? So for those that know the book, this is how this came into being. So I decided, nope, I got to go. I can't stay here. I've got to get out of here. So I went into my office. I had a very little office with eight by eight, <laughs> maybe. And I had books that I bought and so on and so forth. And I prayed. And I said, Lord, I said, I need something from you. I need a sign from you. So I'm not kidding. At depth of prayer, I need a green light. That's what I prayed for. I prayed for a green light. I stood up in my office. This is many, many years ago, so the details aren't perfect. Turned the light back on after I was done praying, because I usually pray in the dark. Opened up a book I had never read before by Bernie Davis on how to activate miracles, Opened right to a page that says this, said this, here is your green light from God. It's time to go. Folded the book back, put the back book back into the little bookshelfy thing, and sat there and thought, wow. <laughs> right? Wow. Right? God has given me a green light. I'm telling you this to share weaknesses 
and realities as well as grace and mercy. I had a green light from God. And believe me, there's no person on this planet, not one, that could convince me that that was anything but God. So as manipulative as I was, I bought an RV (laughs) and declared I was going to travel the country. (laughs) Sent by God. That's a good plan, right? If you're going to leave, if you're going to leave, instead of just going, buy something that says, I'm leaving. Look at this thing I bought. This proves I'm leaving. Nobody can deny I'm leaving. Look, I bought this RV. I'm out of here, <laughs> right? I'm going. And nobody can stop me because God has given me permission. Let me stop the story here and make sure you understand the full depth of how leaders can help us or hurt us. In this process, God had given me what I needed. And in wisdom and maturity, I should have just gone. But I wanted to justify my departure. So instead of just leaving with the green light, I decided I wanted also human approval and didn't just get in the RV and go. I brought it to the church and told Ken and the entire church, God has given me a commission And I wanted everybody's blessing and favor for it. It wasn't enough that God had said go. Here's what I'm going to tell you, especially when we get back. When we need more than what God gives us, there is something wrong with us. He didn't have to give me that green light. He didn't have to do any of that. He did that out of mercy. It was his way of saying he knows what's going on. But I still sought the approval of men. When we come back, I'm going to show you how that became an entanglement, but also, I believe, how the Lord used it all to prepare for the real departure that was going to take place and the ultimate demise of that church. There's a lot there, isn't there? Wow. Uh, Trivia question. How many years did Jacob work for his uncle Laban for payments for his daughter? And the answer is 14, seven apiece, and then six, an additional six for his pay, which he didn't rightly received, but that's a whole separate issue. All right, folks, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. 
Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? When Joshua was trying to figure out, you know, the Lord and his decision for the Lord, and he, he was doing pretty good and had good training, uh, uh, he made a decision to, to follow the Lord. Then he made a decision that he wanted to really commit to devotions. I told him I was proud of him for that. That's his own decision. He has to make that call. Nobody can choose that. You know, I was listening to something the other day, and this is one of the most bizarre statements. You're never going to hear a more bizarre statement. I hope this gets on the radio. You know, you can be born and raised Jewish. You can be born and raised Italian. You can be born and raised in many different things, but you can't be born a Christian. Can't do it. Because you have to make a decision for Jesus Christ. There's no being born a Christian. That doesn't work. That's a lie. You have to make a choice, an individual choice. Your 15 generations of your family could be Christians. When you're born, that does not make you a Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's when you become a Christian. You understand that difference? It was just something that dawned on me. Like, you know, people don't talk that way. Well, he was born in a Christian family. That doesn't mean he's a Christian. Plenty of murderers came out of Christian families. That doesn't mean a thing. That's nothing. But anyway, going back to it, I had to share that because that's that thought that just really struck me as odd. But the power of our words is, is, is so noticeable. And Jesus says, hey, you know, I got one for you. By your words, you're going to be justified. By your words, you're going to be condemned. So my question to pose is why? That's so forceful and brutal. And the answer is in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew, you guys like that one, huh? I like that. I can tell people, oh, I like that. Matthew chapter 15, here's the reason, verse 18, Matthew 15, 18 says this. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And the reason that Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned is because your words reveal what's in your heart. And you will know, you can listen to other people and know by their speech. And I'm not even talking about coarse language. I'm not talking about swearing. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm not even necessarily talking about negative speech. I'm talking about you will know a person's heart by what they say. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. You guys should get this. I have a lot of confidence in you. This is going back to one of the Beatitudes. For those that are trying to figure out what is a Beatitude, it's an attitude to be. That's why it's a Beatitude, Okay. Blessed are the pure in heart for, okay, stopping. Blessed are the pure in heart for, okay. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 
210-848-4283. You can also send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. I'm going to send you up to the website. Two things to tell you. We had a little bit of a problem with HipCast yesterday, but it's fixed now. So I'll get all the definitions and stuff in that, but you could still access through Captivate the whole time through. And then the last thing I want to tell you before you send it up to the website, and it's, it is important, is you guys know uh, how I don't actually really enjoy asking for money. But if I don't ask you for money and you don't give money, we're not doing a show. So I don't know. I don't know any other way to go about that, but uh, unless somebody's got like a super, super rich uncle that just wants to give us like a billion dollars. Uh, outside of that, uh, we need your help. So uh, the place to give is on the site or information on how to give is on the site. Please go to he org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org That's so short. It's like a snare drum. That's what I'm going to say. This is, that's, uh, that was a grasshopper bouncing off of a snare drum. That's what that was. Boom. Okay, well, maybe not. All right, uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Let's send them on through. Knock, knock, this is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, this is Miss Chloe Robertson. Hi, how are you? All is well, David. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. All right. Great. This is a great question, and when I was young, this was one of the first Beatitudes that I learned Blessed are the pure in heart for, for what? They shall see God. That is correct, Amundo! <laughs> they shall see God. Now, that tells you so much. It's like, okay, so people that are genuine on the inside, they're going to see the Lord. And it's like, yeah. Awesome! Yeah. Well, thank you, David. This is my first time calling. I've been listening to you for quite a while. But I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to get that today and let him know I'm, I'm such a... What a blessing. <laughs> thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. All right. God bless. Take care. All right. Isn't that fun? That's fun. See see how that's fun? Okay. Everybody should... And you guys can call... I mean, call in any time. Have a good... You know, it's fellowship. You know what a fellowship is, right? Okay, we've told you before. Fellowship, right? It's two people in the same boat. Fellowship. Uh, history. <laughs> history. We've got to do history. Let's do history. Let's go Alright, now, <laughs> this is uh, this is a good one. Alright, uh, first of all, it's Miniature Golf Day. Okay, you like that? Okay, some putt-putt. Yeah, yeah putt-putt. I like it with the big windmill thingies and all. Like, you know, back in the day, uh, the original putt-putts just had, like, little things, like little, like, bumper things. And then they started building these great landscaping. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, boy, did that thing take off. It's like I incredible. think they even have a TV show. A putt-putt TV show? I think it's like Holy Moly or something. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's like a competition putt-putt. Wow. You know how old I must be not to even know that? <laughs> how do I not know that? No comment. Okay, moving on. Oh, well, that's funny because it's respect for the aged day, so that worked out perfect. Oh. Okay, that worked out really perfect. My apologies for not <laughs> respecting you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. It's National Pecan Cookie Day. Oh, okay. I, I like that. I'm, I'm a pecan cookie. And and you know what? I like uh, 
Uh, I don't know if they still have them, but they had the pecan heath cookies. Wait, you, how do you pronounce it? Pecan. Pecan. Is it pecan? Is well, it pecan? Us uh, Texans say pecan. Pecan? Okay, then. I want a pecan heath cookie. <laughs> See, when you're from Detroit, it's survival. It doesn't really matter. Just turn off the lights if you're the last one. All right. Uh, 1937, J.R.R. Tolkien published his Hobbit. On this day in 1930, that's a long time ago, right? That's like what, 85, 85 years ago. That's like a long, is it right? 2037, yeah, 85, right? 37 minus 22. Don't ask me math. All right, never mind. Uh, I love this show. Sorry, we used to play this in our basement. I'm just telling you. Adam 12. Oh, I loved Adam 12. Uh, debuted on NBC. One of its co-creators, Jack Webb, who did Dragnet. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, it's just like, I loved Adam 12. It was great. 1970, Monday Night Football aired for the first time. And then 1991, Dead Sea Scrolls. Photographs of the scrolls are made public by the Hunting, Huntington, Huntington Library in California. I don't know if you've ever done a comparison, but if you look, so the scrolls go back between 150 BC and 70 AD, and the Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 35 text, is exactly like the New American Standard. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's like, how is that even possible? It's like, I'll tell you how it's possible, because man didn't write the book apart from God. That's how it's possible. Okay? All right. There. Good. All right. We did that. We did that. We did that. Back to the stuff. All right. Now, this next part I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, I love you guys. Okay, so listen. <clears throat> there's good in what I'm going to say, and there's bad in what I'm going to say. I did wrong, and I did right. And I'm telling you this, even though it's 40 years ago. Uh, I'm telling you, this is not justification for it. I'm just telling you what happened. I can't really change that, right? I have my green light from the Lord. I bought an RV. I'm ready to go. I announce it to the church. I ask for the blessing of the church. Guess what I got? Bupkis. What's Bupkis? Bupkis is Ken sat down with me and said, if you leave the church in that RV, I will shut the church down and send all these people scattering. How's that? Right? Not only had I helped some of these people make a decision for Christ, I had helped nurture some of these people. What I should have said is, well, that's on you, right? And should have just got in the RV and gone. But the idea that I could be responsible for their spiritual uh, disruption was just probably more than I was able to handle at that time. So literally gave me an ultimatum. You go in that RV, you leave this church, I'm shutting the church down, I'm sending everybody away. Now I know people, I know you're thinking, well, you should have just said, go ahead, or, well, you know, you weren't that important. And I said, look, I wasn't that important. I was just easily manipulated. That was the problem. And I didn't want to hurt anybody. I mean, that wasn't my goal. I mean, I've hurt people throughout my lifetime. I, it's not my goal. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to hurt these people. You know, it's like, that's not what's going on. It's like, you know, wake up thinking, yay, figure out a way to hurt people today, day. It's like, no, that's not, that's not how that happened. So I had to contemplate, and it was at this point, and I tell you this with a little bit of shame 
and a little bit of gleam in my eye. It was at this point that I realized my game that I had been playing was way too small. And I was going to play a better game. I know you're thinking, wait, your answer to being manipulated was to come back and to manipulate? Yes. (laughs) That was my answer. And you're thinking, (laughs) I know you're thinking, you're thinking, well, that probably wasn't very wise. And you know what? Your answer, you're, you're correct. That doesn't mean I didn't do it. I just did it this way. So how I got to get back in graces at the church while I plotted a massive exodus, which I already had the permission from the Lord to do. I'm just telling you what happened so you know what's going on. I'm not trying to, is I lied. That's what I did. I lied my way back into favor and graces. I called Ken up and said, you know, the Lord has shown me I was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. Yes, I know all this is sinful. And uh, I'm back with you. I support you. I stand by you. And I want to preach on Sunday because I'm going to preach to the people that you can pray for something and get an answer and have it be an answer of judgment like the children of Israel did when they prayed for a king and they ended up with Saul. And Kenny was so overwhelmed with joy. He was so happy that I had said all those things that he said, you can absolutely preach. I'll let you take it and we'll work this out with you in the RV. You can even park the RV at the church and stay in the RV and you're just glad to have you back and you know kind of hinges on you and and I'm like great and so I you know said uh, I you know as I was hanging he's like glad to have you back. I'm so I'm so proud of you. He hangs up the phone and I look up to God and I go, you're gonna have to forgive me because all this is gonna be as shady as I can make it. And you have to remember that before I was a Christian, I was a drug dealer. So shady is something I could do. Am I proud that I did that? Nope. Did I find that necessary to get out of the cult? Yep. Would I do it again? Yep. And the reason that I would is because it gave me clarity as to who I was serving It gave me a better understanding of how firm I really had to make my stand, not just against my family who hated me for being a Christian, but against other people that would try to abuse my Christian faith for their own advantage. It doesn't matter whether he was saved or not. I could care less. I needed to stand firm in God for me. Because either I believe I'm going to heaven because of Jesus Christ, or I don't. And that's where it all came down. All right, we'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. 
Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? What's happening is the churches and uh, educators and our government and everybody is too concerned about being politically correct. And what's happened is the walls have fallen down, and we need to rebuild them, and we need to build them back. And the only way we can do that is with God's people taking a stand. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I will say, especially in regards to the political correctness, it's just man's attempt to establish their own righteousness apart from God. And that's why it has so much confusion attached to it that nobody can figure out what's going on, because it goes all over the place. Well, the the only hope for America is is not the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Uh, Our hope, my hope is in God and his people taking a stand uh, this coming uh, election season. And uh, let's get men and women in office. And again, I'm not telling people to vote for but we need to take a stand for God's truth and his righteousness. Yeah, that's fantastic. I just want to thank you and extend a thank you to you for taking the time to come on the show, sharing with us, giving us that perspective. I appreciate it, and it was a privilege and an honor for me to have you on the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. God bless. All right, God bless you too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Pastor Franklin Graham. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. By the way, 770, excellent stations. There's great teachers on our station, so you should take advantage of that when you uh, have opportunity to. I think you can get the app. They got the app on Apple, but does they got the, is the app on Google app too or something? I don't know. They got stuff. I don't know. They got apps. Figure it out. Plus, we have an app, and then you can listen to the station through our app, and appy, appy, appy. Okay. <laughs> You'd think I would know this stuff. I've only been here for, how long have I been here? About like three, three and a half years, uh, which is one-tenth of how long you've been here. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Here's your trivia question. What book in the Bible has a threat against anyone adding to it or taking away from it. Now, actually, there's two books, believe it or not, but I'm looking for the New Testament book. 
There you go. So there's actually two books, but I'm only looking for the New Testament. What book in the Bible in the New Testament makes a threat against anybody adding to or taking away from it? Joy Ann and Cordelia, pow, pow, there first. I just want to point that out. Good job, ladies. Um, uh, so much stuff to tell you. i got to be really careful how I'm going to teach, how I'm going to share with you what's up and coming. So... I want to stop there, like in the story part of it, for a very specific reason. Uh, well, not that specific, but the idea is what I did in this point in the story that, that's going on is I, I lied my way back in. I even fabricated a sermon. I didn't fabricate the sermon. The sermon was actually a really good sermon. But I fabricated that I, I was doing the sermon in order for me to appear like I was really sorrowful about what I did. But the entire time that I was doing this, I, I deeply believed in my heart and mind that I was operating, I'll just say it because you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but uh, as like uh, underneath, underneath um, the cover of day, but still with the Lord's favor. <laughs> cannot explain it. It's almost as though I knew what to do without knowing what to Have you ever known what to do, but you don't know why you know what to do? It was like that. It was like all of a sudden I had this insight on how to do everything I had to do, which I had never had before. And I don't know if it's maturity. I don't know if it, and it could be just maturity. I don't know if it was the Lord going, look, here's the plan. I'm going to kind of reveal it to you, whatever the case may be. But the biggest element that I want to talk about was my my shame in not taking God at his sign and my understanding of how that solidified me to be more immovable in my steadfastness in the Lord. That's what I want to I want to share. In other words, I didn't I didn't take advantage of the uh, of the go opportunity. I didn't take advantage of the green light opportunity that God had given me. And I knew that I did not take advantage. But I also knew he was not going to abandon me. And I was, I'm still his kid. And he was going to be with me even though what I was about to do, I thought was kind of off the mark, but maybe in God's economy, it was what he wanted to accomplish. Maybe it was his will to, to be done. What I did, what I failed in, let me say it this way, is I didn't just do it because the Lord said do it. I looked for the approval of men. I'm not telling you to disregard every person that gives you counsel. I'm not telling you to ignore every time people say anything. Unless it's contrary to what God has spoken, and what God has spoken is uh, validated or confirmed through his word, through your fellowship, through your consciousness. There's people that say, well, God told me to kill. No, he didn't. He didn't tell you to kill. I mean, that's just stupid. You can just look at the word and say, thou shalt not kill. Boom, done. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to look far for it. But what I do understand is that in my pursuit— I wasn't trying to do that. I was really trying to follow the Lord. I didn't do it. I was ashamed, and I told the Lord I was ashamed, and it was almost like the Lord said, now you're ready. It's kind of hard to explain in in definitive terms, and I'm sure people will come up with different theories on it, but it was almost as though as soon as I didn't respond to the Lord and cave to it, 
I became so angry with myself that I decided I was never going to cave again, even if it meant the loss of family, even if it meant that now you're going you're gonna to freak out, even if it meant the loss of finance, family, friends, whatever. It was like, you know what? If I'm going to be a Christian, if I want to be a follower of Jesus, if I'm going to be a real disciple, a real follower, not not great like the you know some of the people have been in the past, but just a genuine follower, he's going to be first and everybody else is going to be second. And if they don't like it, they can lump it. And that was the attitude. So to give you a, a, an understanding of why it's important, I'm going to share a story with you. This does not it's not a perfect reflection, but you should understand it when I'm sharing it, what, what I'm trying to communicate. There was a prophet who came through uh, Bethel, and he came through and he made a proclamation about an altar. And uh, it, he made the proclamation against King Jeroboam, and, uh, and the, the prophecy came true. And, and he was leaving town, and an old prophet came up to him after he heard the story. And he said, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, he replied, I am. Then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat food or drink any water here in this place, for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat any food or drink any water while you're there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this message from the Lord. Bring him home with you and give him food to eat and water to drink. But the old man was lying to him. So he went back together and the man of God ate some food and drank some water at the prophet's home. While there they were sitting at the table, a message from the Lord came to the old prophet. He cried out to the man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You've defied the Lord's message and have disobeyed the command of the Lord your God have given you. You came back to this place. You ate food and drank water where he told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. This is a brutal story, by the way. Here's the point of this story, okay? I've read every commentary on this, and they're all like, it's because he's from a bad place, and they were bad, Jeroboam was bad, and all the prophets became bad. No, it's not. N none of that stuff's true. You know why that happened? Because God told the prophet, go do this, and the guy didn't do what God said. That's why it happened. Not... Any other, oh, it's morality of the city. And the, God said, do A, B, and C, and he did D, E, and F, and God killed them. That's what happened. It's not to say that's where we're at. We're in a highly different age of grace and mercy. But this is a very specific prophet for a very specific task who was very specifically disobedient because some other person told him. And here's the answer. You do what God tells you to do because God told you to do it, and that's why you do it. And some people will like you for it, and some people will hate you. Actually, more people will hate you, and you do what the Lord tells you to do. He's never going to tell you to do something that's contrary to his words. never going to happen. So you have a, a sale face. You have the uh, 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 fail safe in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You understand that. But you do what the Lord tells you to do. And you are responsible to nobody but the Lord for that. And to disobey him is stupid. So I was stupid. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my theology for the day. I was stupid. However, 
the Lord knew I was angry with myself and I wasn't going to do that anymore. And that's okay. Not it's okay that I did. It's okay that I was honest with God and now he's going to take me forward. So everything you hear forward is no longer me being a victim. It's now me being a supplanter. Substantially different attitude. And I and I walked it that way. I'm not telling you this so that you will be a, a arrogant person. I'm telling you that you must make this Christian faith about Jesus first. That's what Jesus required. He said, if you love any of your family before me, you can't be mine. Oh, no, that, that he didn't mean that. We well, said it in three different Gospels, so I say yes. That's what he meant. When we talk about this the next time, it'll be a little more confession about plotting, but you'll see how the Lord weaved all of this so that I'd spend the next 40 years encouraging people to be close to him and to go to church. Isn't that the weirdest? All right, the trivia question, what book in the Bible has a threat against anybody adding to or taking away from it? The answer is Revelation 22, 18 through 19. Please don't use any of this testimony to abuse. Use it to draw closer and to surrender your fullness before the Lord and let him be the king of kings in your hearts. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.